Just last week, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention released a report on the alarming rise in suicide rates in the U.S. According to their research, 28% of individuals who took their own lives in 2015 were struggling with problematic substance use. It's well known that the Milwaukee and Waukesha communities have been greatly impacted by the increase in heroin and other opioid-related abuse, and service providers are struggling to respond. One challenge is the ongoing community-wide lack of substance abuse treatment providers, particularly those who speak Spanish. 16th Street Community Health Centers, a United Way program partner and member of the Milwaukee Healthcare Partnership, opened its Waukesha Clinic in 2012 and added substance abuse services the following year. Behavioral health and alcohol and other drug addiction services continue to be in high demand. In 2017, 16th Street had 9,336 behavioral health and alcohol and other drug abuse appointments, an increase of 70% from the year before. United Way recently made a $75,000 grant to 16th Street to help them meet the need for AODA services at their Waukesha Clinic. I talked with 16th Street's CEO, Dr. Julie Schuler, about what this grant will allow them to do and how they approach health care for both the individual and the community at large. Here's Dr. Schuler. I'll be celebrating my 23rd anniversary at 16th Street this summer. Wow. And I started as an internal medicine doc and over the years have changed roles into the CEO role, which I've been in for a year. And my day-to-day work I truly love. I've always loved, but I love this work because um, I get to help to create strategy for the future and vision. And I am so passionate about the work that we do in terms of taking care of underserved patient populations. I just feel very honored to be able to be involved in setting the course for the future and being able to help more people. I mean, that's what it's all about is helping people. And for me to be able to work to help more people every day, I just absolutely um, love it. Tell me a little bit more about 16th Street Community Health Centers. They're a United Way program partner, organization, mm-hmm. a member of the Milwaukee Healthcare Partnership. Mm-hmm. Who do you serve and what problems, what community issues are you working to solve? So we will be celebrating our 50th birthday next year as an organization. So we're really excited and proud about that. We started as one clinic and, as we just mentioned, have grown to five and soon to be to be six. Uh, we serve the south side of Milwaukee plus an additional uh, set of folks in Waukesha. Right now we serve almost 40,000 people. Wow. And... Um, all age demographics from birth until the end of life. Um, We want to serve anybody who would like to come to us, whether you have insurance or don't have insurance, uh, whether you have Medicaid or formal insurance or no insurance, doesn't matter. And I think one of the things that I'm proudest about is our mission statement, which has been the same mission statement for 50 years, which is taking care of folks, providing quality healthcare and social services to people. And the part I like most is regardless of cultural, linguistic, or economic barriers. We know lots of people come from different cultures, be it Latino, which is very common on the South Side, but also many others. And it's really a lot of um, 
it's a challenge but also a lot of fun to take care of people from other cultures because you get to learn about their culture and how does that culture influence how they take care of um, their own health and their community's health and how can you help their community to um, be even healthier and so when you have a number of communities living alongside each other how do you get the best and healthiest community possible and, and that's just fun work to do so where we're where we're aiming now what we've um what healthcare in general has come to realize is that health is so much more than your doctor visit it's where you live work play uh, it's factors from housing to employment to literacy and we're taking a deep dive into those issues to see how can we help people with all of those issues so that they can live the healthiest life possible, what they want to live in terms of a healthy life. So we're working on a project now to to sort of turn inward and more deeply into our patients' lives to say, what issues are you facing? Um, And we're doing that in a systematic way so we can both identify the issues that people are facing and then also work to help them um, address those issues. And what does that look like? I mean, I assume it's more than just the doctors taking a little bit more time with their patients. So how do you work to address those kind of social determinants of health? Exactly. So we, it's, it's an exciting project that we're going to be taking the next several years to really delve into. We've developed and adapted some screening tools, so we'll be screening every one of our 40,000 patients. And what, what does that look like? What do you mean when you say screening? Um, it looks like a set of questions, very um, patient-centric, very um, uh, to try and meet people where they are. We're not trying to be intrusive, but a set of questions that asks about their housing situation, their food situation, educational or employment situation, for the purpose of helping people solve problems that they want to solve or improve their lives in ways that they would like to improve. So we ask a set of questions, and then depending on those answers, we connect them to various resources where they can find help with those particular issues. So we're a health center. We also do some social service and other kinds of activities, but um, we want to be able to collaborate with the great other nonprofits in the Milwaukee area that are doing great work. So if a patient of ours has a housing issue, we can refer them to another local nonprofit that can help them with a housing situation. And likewise for domestic violence or employment issues, any kind of issue that comes up, we want to be able to be um, a resource for our patients, a connector. And then if there are gaps where there really isn't a good resource for certain issues, if we identify those, then maybe we'll work to either build them or work with others that makes better sense to to build them. What would you say is one of the bigger challenges that the population you serve at 16th Street faces, another kind of in addition to any health challenges? So we've done a little bit of work on that already in in this project that we're working on, and, and two factors rise to the top. One is housing. So not only stable housing, but also the quality of the housing. So uh, it could be that people are having trouble with landlords, uh, certainly with buying homes, um, but then secondarily with things like rodents or mold 
and having um, difficulty with understanding um, their rights and what um, appropriate expectations they can have for the places that they're living in. So both stability and quality of housing. And then in the population that we serve, certainly immigration is a big issue that people are facing and um, all of the legalities around immigration, the fear that's surfacing. Um, and so those are that's a very uh, difficult issue for families to face. And so when you mention, I mean, the housing, having safe, stable, healthy housing, free of mold, rodents, and things like that. That's kind of more obvious how that contributes to good health. How does the issue of immigration affect people's health, their physical health? What we're noticing is people are, well, first of all, the fear in and of itself can cause all sorts of medical problems, mental health problems, when people are living under constant stress. And then there are situations that happen because of some of the some of the enforcement issues that that cause real trauma in people's lives and especially children's lives. There's issues around bullying and teasing in schools that are happening. So people are really living with a lot of um, stress. So that's, that's one thing. I think also people are um, sometimes anxious to access either the medical clinic or other services that can be helpful to them, like the WIC clinic, um, things like that where there's a real fear of um, of being being in a public place or um, being attached to a, a public service. And so when people don't access services that they need, that can certainly impact their health. Yeah. Wow. So there's so many things that we could talk about, especially across five clinics you serve many different populations, people at every stage of life. But today I really wanted to focus on your work at your Waukesha Clinic around a a treatment for alcohol and other drug addictions, uh, commonly referred to as AODA. And I think maybe we'll say that again in this this, uh, podcast. Why is this work around alcohol and other drug addictions so important in this moment, particularly in the Waukesha community? Why has that been your focus out at your Waukesha-based clinic? As we know, alcohol and drugs are becoming more and more prevalent, especially the opioid epidemic that we're all becoming, unfortunately, very familiar with. And the rise in both the level of addiction, but also overdose deaths is um, staggering and um, very sad and traumatic for the families that are living through that and those affected. Our Waukesha Clinic has been um, really very interesting experience for us. We started our clinic there at the invitation of ProHealth in 2012, and our initial intent was to be just a medical clinic. Um, we didn't intend to have any behavioral health services there it was always the goal not to duplicate services in Waukesha because they have a strong nonprofit uh, world and environment in Waukesha. And so we never wanted to duplicate services. But yet, if we found gaps, we wanted to be able to fill any gaps. We have a strong behavioral health, mental health um, clinic in Milwaukee. So when we started in 2012 in Waukesha, we... Uh, noticed that there was a gap in mental health care. So we put one clinician there. 
they filled immediately, so we added another. They filled, then we added AODA services, that filled immediately. And we, we have an insatiable demand for both behavioral health and AODA, AODA services in Waukesha. The more providers and the more services that we locate there, they just get filled up very quickly, and that's continued to be the case. We're still growing and still have a demand to grow. So it's been interesting to see that the demand in Waukesha is strong, both for AODA, alcohol and other drug abuse uh, programming, as well as just general behavioral health, mental health programming. 16th Street takes care, like I said, of all comers, uninsured, Medicaid, and particularly in the area of where people don't have insurance, it's very difficult to access behavioral health services. Um, it's very difficult to f- find providers who will accept patients with no insurance. And, and similarly with Medicaid, although that's a bit easier for people. So as we started to develop our AODA services, um, including um, intensive outpatient treatment, which is a particular focus, um, more intense treatment than typical standard treatment, we noticed significant demand, especially from uninsured people. We're very grateful for the grant from United Way. It's allowed us to grow those services and continue to grow them, um, particularly for our uninsured patients, which is really important. So tell me a little bit more about the patients. I think one thing about the opioid crisis that has been particularly striking is kind of the demographics of who's affected. It's everyone. It's not just a problem associated with a certain race, gender, or age. It's people of all ages, socioeconomic backgrounds, locations, who are affected by the opioid crisis. So can you tell me a little bit about the patients that you serve, particularly around AODA and um, opioid addiction in particular? Well, I think that you're right on. I think that the epidemic has affected everyone. It's affected uh, all demographics, all age groups, uh, but particularly younger people. People in their late teens and early 20s have been particularly affected. It's affected all racial demographics. Because we target um, a Latino population, we're certainly seeing the effects within that group as well. But I would say particularly in the Waukesha Clinic, we're seeing that age group between 18 and 26, 27, mid to late 20s have been really the, the epicenter of, of the epidemic. And why, why do you think that is? I mean, it's, I know you, you would have to speculate, but... You know, I, I don't know... Why that is, you know, certainly there's been hypotheses around the drug cartels and about um, the entry of drugs that that maybe are um, laced with certain things about the prescribing habits of physicians, my own profession, and how um, identifying and treating pain became so important and maybe even to the level of um, an overemphasis and an over-treatment of pain. Earlier use of narcotics for medical purposes, but yet an over-prescription. So, so lots of narcotics that went unused kind of hanging around people's houses and being an easy um, place to get medication, to get that, that drug. So I, I guess I would say it's multifactorial. And I think generational in terms of I think every generation has its issue that it has to deal with. And the, the, the drugs seem to kind of run in cycles a little bit. So 
According to the Medical College of Wisconsin, there's been a 495% increase in heroin-related deaths in the Milwaukee area since 2005. In 2016, uh, the last year that I think they have the data for, or at least that we had the data for, there were 60 confirmed drug-related deaths in Waukesha County, 53 of them opioid-related. How is the medical community at large and 16th Street in particular responding to this alarming rise? So uh, continuing to grow programs of any type really I think is super important because um, I think we have had um, not enough capacity in the medical side and the the treatment side um, as we need. So continuing to grow that capacity, I think, is the biggest. I still don't think there's enough capacity for all the people that need treatment. And so we, as a society, Waukesha, Milwaukee, we need to continue to grow our ability to see these folks and treat these folks. Um, I think the other huge strategy that needs to continue to be developed is medication-assisted treatment, which is the use of particular medications that have been shown to reduce the craving for opioids, act as a bit of a substitute while people um, work the rest of their programming um, to get healthy. And so those specific medication-assisted treatments um, are something new for physicians that need to Um, People need to get more training. There's a certification that goes along with that. Um, And there's certain ways of administering some of these medications that that there's a learning curve associated with. And so I think as a medical community, we all need to learn um, not only the medication side, but also the behavioral health side, too. And we need to continue to grow the number of programs that there are because there just aren't enough right now. So it sounds like the approach, the ideal approach, is a mix between behavioral health and medical um, medicine-based treatment. Let's talk a little bit about that mental health side. What's the approach there to alcohol and drug addiction from a mental health perspective? Would you say it often kind of stems from a mental health issue? I, I think... Let me just back up just a sec because I think one of the critical pieces, like you said, being um, both the medical and the mental health. And I think that's been one of the success points for the work that we're doing in our Waukesha Clinic is that we have both together in the same building. And not only that, we have clinicians that work together and we have a shared medical record. The point being, it's really integrated. So both the physician and the mental health clinician know exactly what these the other is doing they talk about it they work on problems for particular patients together and I think that piece is really um, key you know I'm I think that oftentimes there is is a, a nidus of depression anxiety um, those certainly are, are um, increasingly prevalent mental health conditions that oftentimes progress into a a drug abuse situation. And I think um, both depression and anxiety seem to me to be worsening in our society. Uh, For whatever reasons, I'd love the sociologists to weigh in on that. But... um, but I think, so, so, so addiction treatment needs to start with the whole person. What's going on? What are their mental health conditions? What are their medical conditions? Um, a lot of time, um, the opioids certainly cause tremendous amount of um, 
bodily effects, uh, symptoms, uh, both when you're taking the medication and when you withdraw from it. So um, getting at both the mental health and the medical side is critical. And, and being able to have both of those located in one place, I think, has been a huge advantage both for the patients and for the clinicians. It's kind of a win-win for everybody. And do those social determinants of health, the housing, transportation, access to nutrition, food, is that part of the strategy as well, specifically Mm -hmm. around addiction? Of course. And I think in addiction even more strongly do those social determinants show up. If someone doesn't have housing or um, food, it's so much harder to treat the addiction. So I think, you know, yes plus, you know, those those social determinants are so much um, more important in addiction. Wow. Um, One thing that I found really interesting about 16th Street, the more I've been learning about it, is that you also have, or let me think how to say this, is you also have a number of population health strategies, so community-wide strategies to improve the health of a community. So I know you've done work in cleaning up the Menominee, Menominee River Valley, mm-hmm. you doing some work with the lead in the water mm-hmm. um, issue. Mm-hmm. Are there any strategies like that that either you've already implemented or you're thinking about in relating to treating addiction? That's a very interesting question. I really feel that 16th Street is responsible for the health of a particular population. It's sort of easier to define geographically for the Milwaukee area, but if you picture the south side of Milwaukee or in Waukesha, picture a Waukesha community, I feel that we're responsible for the health of that population, whether or not they come into our doctor's office. So wherever they live, work, play, go to school, if we can impact their health, where they are in the day, we have a much better chance of of leading them to healthier lives. And so that means we don't only operate our medical clinic, which is very important. The four, four walls of your doctor's office is really important. But we also go outside those four walls and do programming and activities where people are in the day so that we can have the maximum impact on their health. And I, I guess I wouldn't say that we do anything specifically in that way targeting addiction, but I think all of those things contribute to healthier lives, including addiction. And can you give some examples? Sure. So um, so you're right. We did a lot of work about 10 years ago um, um, in the Menominee Valley and um, have more recently started to do work along the Kinnikinnick River. So with the goal that if people that live in that area can use the river and its surroundings for healthier activities, that then therefore leads to healthier lives. So if we can get people out biking or walking or Um, any kind of activity that gets them outside, we can reduce um, the amount of obesity, we can contribute to improving diabetes, all those um, health effects. Uh, We want to be able to get out there and do that. Um, Our lead program has gone door-to-door and checked people's houses for sources of lead, Um, checked the kiddos' blood levels and seen if they're elevated, provided education on the lead paint on the water filters. Um, So whether or not they're patients of 16th Street, because we want to be able to impact the health of that whole population. Hopefully they'll come to us or have a doctor somewhere, 
But the goal is really to, to have the healthiest population that we can have. And one thing that I love that 16th Street in Milwaukee did recently was a bike giveaway. Yes, Can you tell us about that? Day. That was such a fun Is day. Annual? It's been, I think it was our seventh annual. Don't quote me on the year, fifth or seventh. Um, we gave away over 350 bikes. Uh, we had several um, vendors that fixed repair bikes so kids could get their bikes repaired. So we were sure that we were giving them a functioning bike. We gave away um, a bike helmet to each. It, it wasn't just kids, it was adults too. Um, and just for kids to be able to walk down this row of bikes and pick out their new bike, um, make sure it's in functioning order, get the helmet, and then ride away. It was, it was really felt like was Santa Claus. It was just a really neat day. And then we do other stuff around it to make sure um, that we're getting across healthy, um, healthy uh, choice kind of education. So we did Zumba classes in the park. And um, we had people like the YMCA and different fruit vendors and um, things like that to really get across um, how to live a healthy life. But giving away bikes is one of the funnest things that I get to do. Wow, (laughs) I love that, too. We do community conversations and one with different groups all around the community. And one theme that we've noticed is people want more opportunities to come together as a community, doing something positive, block party style, you know, things mm-hmm. like like you were talking about with activities, the whole family can come, get out of the house, meet each other. So it's funny, that kind of brings that to mind as a really positive thing. Where did the bikes come from? They were donated, some um, majority came from the Lake Ferry Express. So wow. I think maybe bikes that were left on the ferry or things like that. Wow. Some of them came from the police department bikes that have been just abandoned, that kind of thing. So it's it's a dual purpose that we can take abandoned bikes and give them away, refurbish them and give them away. Oh, that is so great. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a so really great. neat event. Thank you, uh, Dr. Schuler, for coming in and talking about this work that 16th Street does. Um, it's really incredible, and I find that you know I, I am constantly surprised and impressed by the work that our program partners do every day to address these huge issues in our community. So thank you. Thank you for what you do and for for talking with us. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Great. Great. That was Dr. Julie Schuler, President and CEO of 16th Street Community Health Centers. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction or mental health issues, simply dial 211 to get connected to local resources that can help. Living Local is produced by myself, Katie Kuhn, Melissa Hannon, Brian McCaig, and John Waldbauer.